Hello, and welcome to the New Beginnings Discipleship Ministry Podcast. Here, we share the Word of God for all people to understand that they are born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. A desire is for everyone to not just know what their purpose is, but to live it out. We believe we are designed to live out a kingdom lifestyle that aligns to the kingdom of God and the word of God. Now go ahead and grab something to write with, make room wherever you are at, and prepare your heart, mind, and soul for another amazing word from God. Here we go. So 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 14, it reads, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah, into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgath. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel, to Bethel, or Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. While the two of them stood by Jordan, now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continue on and talk, uh, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elijah crossed over. So on today, if I can add on to our series, Being Mantled for More, as a subtitle, I will go with 
the phrase, receive the mantle. Receive the mantle. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that you have allowed to transpire so far on today. Now, God, we ask you to bless the words that will be shared on, on today and at this time. We thank you, Lord, for you being in this place, residing in this place, allowing for breakthrough to overtake this place in the name of Jesus. Now I pray, Lord, that the words that are shared will be um, able to be incubated in our spirit so we may be able to produce fruit in due time and in due season. Father God, we bind up every attack the enemy may be trying to launch right now in the name of Jesus as your people and I have received our breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We understand the enemy is a jealous person and he will quickly try to come and snatch it away from us. But we say no more in the name of Jesus. We lift up a standard against the enemy in all form and fashion in the name of Jesus. We choose to have our minds focused upon your word on today and we declare and decree, Father God, that we shall be existent in the land of living, we shall fulfill the purpose that you have given us in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, we truly thank you and praise you and glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty. Here we go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, since the Women's Retreat in October, we have been receiving teachings both on Sunday as well as during Bible studies on Thursday about being mantled for more. In this time, we have performed a case study on Elijah that took us back to 1 Kings 17, even into 1 Kings 18. We've learned about what mantles are and begun to dive into the 14 characteristics of a mantle, mantle so we will be able to understand the power and functionality of that very thing that we have. Now, hopefully throughout this series, we have all received the, and understand the need of a mantle and that we all have a mantle. And see, understand the title is Mantled for More which means past tense. Okay, y'all haven't kept the whole time. It hasn't said mantle for more. It said mantled for more, which means we're already mantled. Okay, I'll just keep, that was revelation for me. Okay, we'll roll. So um, with that being said, we are really focusing on how to use the mantle and even recognizing the power that is there and also in taking analysis of if we're using our mantle correctly. Because those are different questions than saying, do we have a mantle? Based on title, we have been mantled, period. How we use the mantle, do we know we have the mantle? And being able to judge the effectiveness of the mantle is a totally different conversation. Now, on last week, Apostle Walker's through the third characteristic of a mantle. Now, the rewind and review, the first um, characteristic that we learned is that a mantle represents God's power. The second is understanding that mantles represent the authority of God. Now, the third one that Apostle walked us through on last week is to understand that mantles represents God's covering. Now, if you do not know, we have the ability to shop from Apostle's mantle. She's literally have said that, which means we have the ability to find what we need within her mantle. Through last week, she laid down and talked about the purpose and roles of a spiritual covering as well, which are roles that she used with us. Now, if you weren't here last week or you don't remember, we're going to put the image back up. Please take a picture of it because within this study, although I may not be getting a lot of scripture on today because I'm doing a lot of more of the recap, there are literally five other portions of this series that you might want to go back to gain full understanding of where we're at. How do I know that? Because I literally had to watch all five leading up to today. 
So that's how I know there's five of them in Jesus' name, okay? But with that being said, um, the roles that apostle has illuminated to us regarding the spiritual covering. One is being a cultivator, which means getting into the soil of our soul and turning it over so that the seeds may be able to be implanted, which is the word of God within our spirit man, so that they can take root and produce fruit in due time. Also, being a cultivator means being able to analyze any weeds that may be in the midst of our soul or soil to be able to find the things that may try to choke out the very seeds that are being planted, which is why we see soul under control with Bible study. Also, an endorser, to be the herald of who we are and to proclaim even to us who God says that we are, putting that stamp of approval upon us to say, to know that we are one of God's children. A protector, which means to cover in, cover things in trouble or to guard when it's needed. Also a mentor, training us to assume our positions and correct us when it is needed. Because even though you may get into a position, you still need someone to be able to monitor you and be able to say, baby, you're not doing that right, or to encourage you and say, baby, you are getting it correct. Keep moving forward. And also a stabilizer which means when things are out of whack or we're out of balance, a person to be able to help us put things back into order. Because understand for us, when we end up operating in these new positions or roles, or we have different tasks, most of them are things we've never done before. So we're walking by faith and not by sight. But it still is helpful to have someone that got your back when you step out on faith to let you know, just move over another centimeter. Or to make sure that you're in a good place or to be able to even bounce things off of when you're saying, I hear the Lord saying this, can you help me to make sure it's supported? Am I out of alignment of what the word is within the house? Amen? Um, I'm, getting, I'm getting there. Roll with me. I'm almost there. I'm almost to my point. He's like, how is this going to get to receive a mantle? I'm going to get us there. Okay? Now, as I mentioned, if you want to gain more revelation about a spiritual covering, go back and listen to last week's message. Repetition is the mother of our learning. And we have got to go over things multiple times so it start to become a part of us. If you don't believe me, think about how many times we've sang the song in Jesus' name since the women's retreat. Do you realize since the end of October we've sang in Jesus' name, except for today, which we may end with it, we'll see. We've sang in Jesus' name to the point where you hear the beat, the oh, 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 all of a sudden, you shake your shoulders, and you are now no longer looking at the screen, but you're closing your eye and saying the word to yourself because you've done it over and over and over again. Understand, when it comes to the word of God, the same thing will happen. It's a principle. We talk about strategies. That's a strategy. This is why when, we, when people begin to um, work and um, study the Bible or even trying to get a verse down, they read it every single day until it becomes a part of them. But while they're doing it, they continue to extract different things out of that scripture because the situation they may be in the midst of is different. Every day has its own word, according to Matthew 6 and 34. So when we talk about going through things over and over again, that is a strategy that we are able to implement to be able to defeat the enemy. Because if the enemy has the audacity to be persistent, why can't we? We have to be persistent in the word of God, in utilizing the word of God. That's how we start to learn how to use our mantle. We have to constantly use it over and over again. All right, let me keep going. So for today, we're going to take a pause 
learning about the characteristics of a mantle and talk about um, how to receive the mantle. So, yes, if you were looking to read 1 Kings 19, 1 through 21 today, we're not going to do that today. However, you are more than welcome to read that this week if you so desire. But that is not going to be a focus. We're going to return to that shortly because, as Apostle mentioned, um, we have today, next Sunday, um, we have the youth taking over. So I'm a little bit pumped because my son is doing praise and worship. <sighs> he already picks the songs. God help us. And then my daughter's bringing the word. So whew, we have a lot going on in our house. So praise God. Okay. You say sing, babe. All right. So, um, so with that, we're going to return to 1 Kings 19, 1 through 21 in due time. But in the midst of that, I want to point out something that leaped out to me as we read 1 Kings 19, 1 through 21 over the past month or so. And it starts at verse 19. So I'm looking at 1 Kings 19, verse 19. And it says the following. So he departed from there, and this is talking about Elijah, who's departed. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shephat, who was plowing with 12 yokes of oxen before him. And he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. So we have to remember that Elisha was found by Elijah working. Elisha was not standing on the side of the road, kicking it at the gate or even sleeping. Elisha was found working in the family business. What will God find you doing? Will you be working the gifts and talent he has entrusted you with or stagnant on the sideline, not in position or not in the right position, but being a bum on a log or not in the right position or at the last place he left you instead of moving with him? See, these are questions God is asking us on today to ensure that we receive the mantle he has designed for us. Because the thing about it is, God is going to drop the mantles. He's not going to move it around. It is us who has to align to him dropping the mantle. For my video game players, you remember there's games where things start to fall out the ground. Let's use Super Mario Brothers, if you will. And there's a stage in Super Mario Brothers where literally Mario has to run for his life, and there's this thing in the cloud that his job is going to drop either mushrooms or suns or what have you trying to hit Mario and the objective is for Mario to try to get out of the way so that it doesn't hit him and either shrinks him down to a smaller size or wipes him off the level but this is the opposite fact with God see God is dropping mantles and he's looking for us to align with him to be in the right standing so we can receive the very mantle that has been dropping because apostle mentioned last week that or within the series the generals of the faith are passing on the mantles are falling so it's it's up to the successors to get in, put, put in the, into the position and the alignment to receive the very mantles that are being dropped. I find it very interesting that successors are running away from the mantles that their mentor had carried before. So with that being the case, 
God is looking for us to be in the position necessary to be able to receive the mantles that are being dropped before. But understand, Elijah dropped the mantle on Elisha before Elisha followed Elijah. I'll say it again. So, Elijah dropped the mantle on Elisha before Elisha followed Elijah. In other words, Elijah endorsed Elisha before Elisha knew what the endorsement was about. All he recognized is that it was something so valuable for him to drop the family business, to say, can I tell my family, good morning, good night, good evening, I'm out of here, playboy, and to be able to break up and destroy the very thing that was the signal of the family business so we have no reason to return back to that very thing. And he had to step out by faith. All he knew was Elijah was a prophet. How powerful is our mantles to the point where it will cause others to turn their lives around? You want a New Testament example? When Jesus, after Jesus came out the wilderness, after all the declaration, fought the enemy, all that stuff, he ended up at a lake, sea, water, body, whatever. And he called two brothers from their family business by saying that I will make you fisher of men, by speaking out his words. And these bad boys left the boat, the family business, the thing they were going to inherit, to follow Jesus Christ, someone who hasn't even done anything in his ministries yet. There's no miracles that happen. There's no changes that happen. There's nothing that occurred up to that point. But Jesus Christ's mantle was so strong and so vibrant that he told them, I will make you fisher of men. That will hit them somewhere in their spirit in which they ended up connecting with him and leaving the family's business behind and leaving the boat. How strong is our mantle or how have we dimmed our mantles to where we don't want that responsibility or we don't want that smoke i'll keep rolling so in the midst of this when we when we talk about elijah elisha destroying everything we have to understand that elisha could have said no and he could have stayed in his comfort zone but no he did something to mark i am changing forever for us, as we are working to receive the mantle or understand our mantle, it's going to pull us out of a comfort zone into an uncomfortable zone. And we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable or else this thing is not going to work. How can I even explain this? How can I show this in Scripture? First John 3 and 2, it says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, he, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. In other words, we are still in the midst of this transformation phase. There is still work that we need to do because when he shows up, he's going to be looking to his twin baby. And we have to recognize we are still working through that process of becoming like him. 
which means this comfort zone that we're in the midst of, God's saying, I need for you to get uncomfortable. I need you to get to that restless stage where you're willing to fight, to be, continue to be developed so that the things that come out of you is of me and not of your flesh, of me and not of the world. You have to continue to be uncomfortable. As you get comfort, get peace, get rest, but then God is like looking at, uh, like looking at us sometimes, like you look at Elijah in 1 Kings 19 saying, why are you still here? Why are you still looking at me in this place? You know what to do, or do you not know what to do? Did we lose the understanding that there's an expected end God is having us to work to according to Jeremiah 29 11? Even now, if you're wondering, well, I don't know if I'm in a transformation stage, look back and think about who were you January 1st, 2022? Now, think about who you are now, December 11, 2022. Are you the same? I'm glad y'all responding. You're not the same. You know why? Because when you look back and you see where you're at now, that is evidence that you are an overcomer and you are victorious. You are, you've already defeated the enemy in this stage. But here's what happens. Here's what we step into a comfort zone, Elder Rhonda. We'll say, I was victorious in this situation. I accomplished this goal. And then we stop. Forgetting that this is not the end. It's a checkpoint. It's not the ending point. Because we're like, it took us so long to get to this place. And get your moment of rest, get your bread from the crows, and get your hind parts up and keep moving. Because guess what? What happened is, now that you're in a new position, now you have a new revelation, now that things are new, then guess what happens next? A test is coming, y'all. A test is coming. So in the midst of this, when we end up thinking about it, we graduate from one place, but don't recognize a graduation is the end of one chapter and the beginning of another. And so the thing about it is we have to examine ourselves and see, have I stopped where I just got one mantle, not realizing there's another one that I need to get. So with that being the case, as I said, Elijah dipped on his family and went to go follow Elijah. Now, this is the background to the main scripture, so 2 Kings uh, chapter 2. And when we begin to look at 2 Kings chapter 2, what we see is Elijah and Elisha leaving Gilgal. Now, verse 1 tells us, that Elijah is about to be taken up, okay? Now, what that means is that Elijah is about to go to heaven the same way that Enoch did in Genesis 5, verse 24. Now, would be take up is the strong word H5927 um, Allah, meaning to go up, ascend, or climb. So at this point where Elijah he was about to ascend and go up. His race was about to be finished if you think about Paul. He's run his race. His role is over. He's done his part. He's done what he needs to do. And when you continue to go through the main scriptures, you notice that Elijah was trying to shake Elisha. Now, mind you, Apostle, you told us in 1 Kings 18, 19, the whole battle, that Elijah has this thing of, like, being an alone person. Like, when he got scared, he ran to a cave. Right? Not he wasn't supposed to, but he ran to a cave, right? And God had to meet him, tell him, why are you here, why are you here, why are you here, right? So Elijah still has this, I want to be alone when stuff's about to get real phase in him, but he can't shake Elisha. 
Because remember, Elisha just destroyed any pathway back to the crib. So even though I followed you for years, Playboy, I'm not leaving you. I don't care what it is. I'm going to stick with you. So multiple times, Elijah, Elijah is like, Elisha, man, stay here. I'm going to go. I got called here. And Elisha was like, uh-uh, nope, nope, nope. I'm rolling with you, playboy. No, nope, we've done this so long. We, we ride or die. Literally, he says, while you still have breath in your body, while your soul lives, I'm with you. I'm not leaving you. He is, man, Elisha is a homeboy for real. He is down for the call. He's like, you ain't going to leave me. You ain't gonna First of all, you ain't about to leave me in no, let's, let's go in the world. You ain't about to leave me in no foreign land, man. I came here with you. I'm your plus one. Like, you going to just leave me now? Are you serious? You got, you got me in. You, come on, y'all look at me like in the world. You ain't went to no club, and all of a sudden, you came in as someone plus one. It's how they did you, and you like, but you my ride. Like, I'm not leaving without you. Go. Okay, y'all, okay. Y'all been saved too long. Okay. I'm going to keep rolling then. So, <laughs> so with that many case, as I mentioned, verse 2, it says, then Elijah and Elisha, uh, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he went down to Bethel. And that happened multiple times. Now, in the midst of this, we have that storyline happening, as well as the sons of prophets in these areas. It averages to be about 50 each place. So when you add up the three stops, it's 150 prophets. And they all come to Elisha, not Elijah. And they keep telling Elisha, you know your master's about to leave, right? I'm sorry. Okay, scripture. Let me, sorry. Verse 3. Let me get that. Let me say scripture. Now the sons of prophets who were at Bethel came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? Now Elisha said, yes, I know. Keep silent. In other words, shut up. I know. I know that. What does that show? That showed that in the midst of this time that Elisha had been with Elijah, his relationship with God had been strengthened as well. It never said Elijah told Elisha what's about to happen. He never said that. Elijah was trying to shake Elisha. But Elisha already knew what was happening, and he still stayed. Once again, go back to verse 2. It says, he says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Isn't it funny how Elijah was trying to heal Elijah, the lone spirit, before he left? That Elisha, his mentee, I might add you, was the one trying to fix him and say, you ain't got to be alone anymore. I, I, you're my mentor. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to roll with you. I got you. But now I have to be the person to tell you, my man. I'm not going to abandon you like everyone else. I'm not going to try to kill you like Jezebel signed. I'm not going to be the one that's trying to torture you. I was with you when we saw those kings die. I was with you when we saw nations fall. I'm not going to be the one to take you out. This kingdom not going to fall from within. I've got your back. It's good. Be at peace. And he couldn't even tell him. He had to show him to be like, I'm staying right here. And watch this. You ready for this for the leaders in training? People came and told Elisha what was going to happen to his master. He told them, I know, now stop talking. How many of us are willing to stand in the gap when our master or our apostle or our pastors or our bosses, someone in the room, and all of a sudden someone's talking mess about them, and we tell them, I know, shut up. Take your mouth off of them. Or do we join the gossip? 
do we put another log down and start the fire and let it linger on long in the way to have to? See, that's part of our mantle, our protector, right? And when you're a protector, you don't protect just when the person's there. You protect even when that person is not there. Let me help you. Can't say too much of this, but literally walk through this on Friday. Something happened, and I wasn't in a certain location. But as soon as the situation ended, I got phone calls from multiple people to say, we got your back, even though you're not here. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense what I'm saying. I'll tell you the story in June. But just know, I've experienced this. Well, I'm not in the space. I'm not in the position. I'm in right standing, but I'm not in the position. But I have people that got my back that said, I got you. We're in this together. And we have to be able to understand that as much as we are supporting Apostle and making sure people don't try to put the knife on her back, understand there's people assigned to you as well to support you and guide you as you are trying to develop and walk this thing out as you walk by faith. There are people who are not believers who got your back that say, I'll take the hit. You don't touch them. How many stories have we heard that the street dudes told the good kid, you don't want none of this, playboy? No, you go home. You don't need to see none of this whatsoever. They shielded the good one or the one who knew God, saying, nah, this ain't, they would even say, this ain't about you. This ain't how you roll. We're not going to put that on you. So, after we deal with Elisha and Elisha, Elijah trying to shake off Elisha, ain't happening. After Elisha has to check three different sets of son of prophets in a different territory, we finally get to verse number nine, or verse eight and verse nine. What ends up happening is now we have to cross the Jordan River. And what we end up having is Elijah takes the mantle, strikes the river, splits up. Now, if you're like, in the same thing that happened with Moses, Moses raised the staff and it split, but the same example, okay? Same, same miracle, same there, which just shows you whether it's a rod or a mantle or your words, you'll be able to tell some stuff what to do. But we'll keep going. So with that being the case, it happens. They walk across dry land. And now Elijah asks Elisha a question. He says, and so it was. When they had crossed over there, Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Now, this is the first time Elijah said anything to Elisha about him being taken up, climbing up and ascending. And Elisha's response was, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now, Elijah recognized that this request was a hard one. Okay, come on, you. Let's, let's think of it this way. This is Elijah's mantle. Right? It's comfortable, my size, all that stuff. But he didn't just think about the size of it. He also thought about what it meant. He also thought about the requirements of the mantle. He thought about the responsibilities of it. And he wanted to make sure Elisha understood that his mantle carries weight. He already saw it with the splitting of the river, but it carries weight. It's not just a cloth material that flows in the wind. It has weight. How else will it cover your body? How else will it make sure that you're comfort? How else will it be able to do things? For God's sake, a mantle talks about God's power. It represents God's authority. It represents covering. 
it comes with some weight, man. And that's what apostles trying to do with us. To us and not say, I have a mantle and walk away. No. Do you understand the weight of this thing? Do you understand the responsibility that comes with you acknowledging you have a mantle, but understanding you don't have to do this on your own? So for Elijah to say, do that two times, like what? Like you want double the weight of this? You want double the responsibility? That's what you want? Okay, it's a hard thing. But if you see me taken up, you can take it. And as soon as Elijah said that, it happened. He went up. He ascended. And Elijah's, Elisha's first response, it wasn't to grab the mantle. His first response was to say, my father, my father, which shows a relationship he had with Elijah. In other words, Elisha mourned. See, what came out that he said, my father, my father, he rented or tore his clothes in two. In the Bible, when you see people rent or tear their clothes, it's either a prophet done showed up and told them you done messed up, jacked up everything, and all of a sudden they tear their clothes and put on the ash clothes and do all that stuff, right, and be like, oh, God, I forgive, all that stuff, okay? Or they'll tear their clothes and lay prostrate for a child that's in need. Check out David's story. Okay, so something has happened. There's a potential mourning. There's a plea that's making to God. So you got Elisha who rented off his clothes in two. And then when we end up looking at this, he took the mantle. You don't get it. Let me rewind the story. First King 19 and 19. What did Elijah do with his mantle? He laid it on. Elisha never took the mantle. He, re, he It got laid on him. And this one, he took the mantle. He grabbed it out of the air to receive it. See, the first time the mantle got laid on him, he's like, okay, I recognize it. I got it. But I think in my Holy Ghost imagination, he had to give it back. It was Elijah's. It wasn't his. So he got the mantle as a as an endorsing, but it wasn't his mantle. It was Elijah's mantle. So when he came back, he gave it to him. Because realize, when Elijah laid the mantle on Elisha, Elisha ran back to Elijah. Basically, he was like, okay, good, I got the mantle, cool. Boom, you hold that, boom, okay. Because it wasn't his. He returned it back. Let me go with my mom and dad and everything. Because I know I got to go. This time, when it fell, he took it. Because I have no route to go back to my mom and dad. My mentor, the person who was rolling with me and training me, is gone. As you love to sing, I'm alone. And so he's reaching out to God to be his support. Because I've seen what the mantle can do. I've seen the connection to God. I've seen this representation. I've seen the power. I've seen the glory. I've seen what it's able to do. And also he asked for it. He said, if, and remember, Elijah said, if you see me go up, then you can take it. Which means his mentor before he left gave him the permission to take it. And he didn't wait for it to hit the ground. He took it out the air. After he rented his clothes of what he had, he took the mantle to be covered by it. But before he did that, the last thing he did with it is he took the mantle back to the river. 
Because mind you, know that river that he struck the mantle, split up, flows back up once they walked on dry land. And he used the mantle to strike the river. He did that to see, does the power still work? I've seen it work with Elijah. I've seen him do all these things. But now, am I? Will it work when I use it? Am I in connection with God enough to do it and to use it? He even cried out and said, where is the God of Elijah when he struck it? And then it moved and split up. People of God, you have to understand that you are strong enough to be able to defeat the enemy because God is on your side. You have to understand that you are an overcomer and you have chosen an overcomer lifestyle. We have to all understand that the mantle that God has given us, we are capable of using it to destroy and defeat him no matter what format he shows up in the name of Jesus. Because here's the thing about it when you go to verse 14. Elisha did that for himself, but the 50 prophets saw from a distance. They saw it from a distance. And that was the declaration they needed to see. To say, the God of Elijah is with you, playboy. In other words, we knew about Elijah. We didn't know about you. We didn't know you. We didn't know if you can pull this off. We didn't know if you were going to be in position. We didn't know if you were capable of doing it. We want to bring it back to the natural. We didn't know if you were like your daddy. We didn't know if you were like your mama. We didn't know if you are going to be like your family lineage. We didn't know that. As a matter of fact, we started to stereotype you to be like another one in your family and to be able to say war cursed against you. But I stand here as an instrument of warfare on God's behalf to say the generation of curses stops in the name of Jesus. The one thing I know about my mantle, I am mantle for fatherhood. Being a father is so strong to me. I don't play about being a dad because I understand the responsibility that comes with it because I saw my dad work. I saw how my dad function. Did my dad know God? Yes, but not at the level that I do. Because here's interesting. When my dad passed, I told my grandma, I was like, I don't know what's going on with my dad or what have you. And, she, and I mentioned something about I don't know if he was a believer. And she was like, baby. He was the one that made sure we went to church. I didn't know that. And so I recognized that I am on the shoulders of giants. And I understand my mantle is fatherhood. One thing I'm quick to do is to tell someone and encourage them until the wheels fall off. I will encourage you like no other so that I have a relationship to tell you, baby, that's wrong. I will encourage. I, ooh, you talk about supporting somebody. I will tell you everything good about you when everyone else says something bad about you. Then I will come around and tell you, now you might want to do this the other way. But I love you. Because I don't play with fatherhood. Now, here's the lesson to learn for all of us. I'm still learning the other compartments of my mantle. I know fatherhood is one. I'm very clear on that. I'm learning the rest. And throughout this series, I invite you to learn the rest of your mantle. As you stand to your feet, you, I want you to understand something. As you continue to read 2 Kings, what you see is Elijah continues to go through different scenarios to show him the capacity of his mantle. So as we learn about mantles, as we learn um, the characteristics, how to function with them, 
understand new compartments are going to start showing up. Has anyone ever been in a new car? And you got the car, and you was like, vroom, vroom, I'm off. But then it took them a couple months before you like, they want to read the manual. What does this button do? You mean tell me I got heat seat this whole time, I made it through the winter? Because our initial focus was, our initial focus was just on vroom, vroom, I got wheels, I'm gone. But it takes us a while to investigate what are all the features that are a part of the car that make this car unique to any other vehicle. And what's interesting is it's not even the features that we want to add on. It's the features that came with it. We can see the features we want to add, but we never stop to ask, do I already have satellite radio? And take the time to learn it. So that then we recognize, oh, this button will stay in my gas bill that I've been talking about for three months. We have to take the time to learn about our mantles. But as we learn about our mantles, we have to recognize that we have to receive it. It can be given to us, but we have to receive it and take it. Say it with me. Say, I'm going to take my mantle. Okay, now that you know what you're going to say, I'm going to give you another opportunity to say it with a little bit of authority. Because understand, if we understand that Satan does not want us to take our mantles. Okay? So we're going to do a little more you know, energy and ferocity, and you can yell. You know, I got the right angle here. You okay? Here we go. So I want you to say, I'm going to take my mantle. In Jesus' name. Give God some praise on today. We want to thank you on today for joining us as we go into the word of God to continue to understand our God-given purpose. If you are wanting more information about New Begins Subship Ministries, please look in our description box for ways to connect with us, whether through our social media outlet or if you're desiring to visit us, whether virtually or in person. We thank you once again. We pray that you have an awesome day and amazing week.